Hello, and welcome to Notes in the Week Ahead, a JP Morgan Asset Management podcast that provides insights on the markets and the economy to help you stay informed in the week ahead. Hello, this is David Kelly. I'm Chief Strategist here at JP Morgan Asset Management. Today is October 17th, 2022. On many occasions in my adult life, I've made New Year's resolutions to become fitter. As the days of the old year gradually dwindled, my girth gradually expanded, I would commit myself to exercise more and eat less. However, experience has taught me that both of these noble aspirations must be approached with moderation. Any attempt to starve myself while running more miles leads inevitably to physical slowdown or breakdown. Moreover, if I simply refuse to eat more, the exercise comes to a screeching halt. The Federal Reserve may be about to learn the same lesson with regard to current dramatic fiscal and monetary tightening. This combination seems set to trigger, at best, much slower economic growth and, at worst, outright recession. Moreover, for political reasons, it's unlikely that fiscal tightening will end anytime soon. If this is the case, then despite their current resolve, the Federal Reserve may well have to turn from tightening to easing before the end of 2023. Within the next few days, the Treasury Department should announce a federal budget deficit for fiscal 2022 of roughly $1.4 trillion, down 50% from the year before, Well, this sounds like a very sharp decline. The true impact of deficit reduction, both from the perspective of the borrowing needs of the government and stimulus or drag imparted to the economy, is even more dramatic. Moreover, deficits look likely to fall as a share of GDP over both of the next two years. While this should allay fears that ballooning government debt could trigger a financial crisis, it increases the likelihood that the economy is in for a period of very slow growth or recession. Our latest read in the federal budget comes from the Congressional Budget Office's monthly budget review for September, the last month of fiscal 2022. One important aspect of the deficit numbers for 2022 is that they will include the entire present value cost of student loan forgiveness announced by the President in August, which the administration estimates at $426 billion. While this accounting conforms to the requirements of the Federal Credit Reform Act, It should be recognized that, as a practical matter, this money neither adds to the cash outlays of the federal government, nor does it add to its gross debt. In addition, the President's plan is being challenged in court and may yet be overturned. Nonetheless, this does add substantially to the official deficit, if this cost is included. We estimate that the deficit fell from 12.4% of GDP in fiscal 2021 to 5.6% in fiscal 2022. If the cost is excluded the deficit fell to just 3.9% of GDP. In the absence of further legislation, the deficit could fall further to roughly $800 billion in fiscal 2023, or roughly 3.1% of GDP, and something similar in 2024. From a political perspective, this outcome seems fairly likely. The latest polling suggests that there's a very good chance that the Republicans will, at a minimum, take control of the House of Representatives in next month's midterm elections, and if they do so, they are unlikely to agree with the administration on any further fiscal stimulus ahead of the 2024 presidential election. One important aspect of recently falling deficits is that they reduce the risk of a fiscal crisis. The federal debt in the hands of the public peaked at 104.5% of GDP in the first quarter of 2021. By the end of the third quarter of 2022, we estimate that this ratio had fallen to 98.6% of GDP, and it could fall to about 96.5% of GDP by the end of fiscal 2024, if the economy avoids outright recession. Since global financial markets appear willing to bankroll a federal debt of 104.5% of GDP without major disruption, financing a debt ratio which is somewhat lower 
should not lead to a market meltdown. Nor is there a huge risk of a politically manufactured fiscal crisis. Despite sharp partisan divisions, Congress recently passed a continuing resolution extended current funding for the government through December 16th, suggesting that neither side has any appetite for a government shutdown. A second perennial source of Washington turmoil in the budget, the federal debt ceiling, also appears defanged for now. At the end of September, the federal debt was $512 billion below the debt ceiling, while the Treasury Department had $662 billion in its checking account at the Federal Reserve. Combined, this amounts to $1.174 trillion of breathing room, which would cover the deficit for the year ahead and could postpone the next debt fight uh, until late 2023 or even early 2024. Another very important aspect of the budget is how it impacts household income. The pandemic relief acts were enormous in economic terms and particularly directed money towards lower and middle income households through enhanced child tax credits, enhanced unemployment benefits and means-tested stimulus checks. All of this essentially ended at the start of the year and the net effect has been to take a chunk out of consumer income. In response, consumers have cut their savings and started to rack up credit card debt. The personal savings rate has averaged 3.5% over the past six months, far below the artificially high levels during the pandemic, but also well below the 7.6% rate averaged over the five years prior to the pandemic. Credit card debt in August amounted to $1.154 trillion, up 15.3% year over year. Even with lower saving and increased borrowing, however, consumers are being forced to pull back. Last week's retail sales report for September suggests that real consumer spending has been rising at less than a 1% annualized rate over the past six months, with real spending on food for home consumption falling at a 4% annualized rate. As some consumers exhaust savings or bump up against credit limits in the months ahead, we expect real consumer spending to remain very soft, even with continued job gains and wage increases. Of course, this slowdown in consumption won't be the only drag on demand. According to Freddie Mac, the 30-year fixed-rate mortgage rate hit 6.92% last week, up from 3.11% at the start of the year, and its highest level in over 20 years. This week's readings on home-builder confidence on Tuesday and housing starts on Wednesday should underscore the depth of the sudden housing downturn. In addition, the dollar remains at extremely high levels, with the trade-weighted exchange rate up roughly 20% year-over-year. While this has apparently not hurt trade data for the third quarter, this high exchange rate combined with overseas economic weakness should lead to a trade drag in economic growth in the year ahead. The fiscal drag is therefore operating on an economy already encountering stiff headwinds. While unprecedented pent-up demand for labour and recent inventory shortages of autos and other consumer goods mean that recession is not inevitable, a long period of slow economic growth seems very likely. In the short run, the Federal Reserve appears to be entirely focused on high inflation, and Fed officials have tended to downplay the deflationary effects of the fiscal housing exchange rate drags in the US economy. However, this is likely to change in the months ahead. Despite continued sharp increases in owner's equivalent rent and stickiness in other aspects of services inflation, weaker prices elsewhere should allow inflation pressures to ease. Indeed, if CPI rises by an average of three-tenths of a percent per month over the next six months, then year-over-year headline CPI inflation, which peaked at 9% in June and eased down to 8.2% in September, could fall to 7% by December and 5% by March. This, along with more obvious signs of economic weakness, should allow the Fed to suspend further rate hikes early next year. One possible scenario is rate hikes of 0.75% on November 2nd, 0.5% on December 14th, and a final 0.25% hike on February 1st, 2023, taking the federal funds rate up to a range of 4.25% to 
Thereafter, the Federal Reserve would probably like to hold interest rates steady and continue its program of quantitative tightening. However, by early next year, the economy will likely be on the edge of recession with inflation falling rapidly. If this transpires and no further fiscal stimulus is in sight, then the Fed may well have to capitulate. Suspending quantitative tightening and cutting interest rates both in late 2023 and 2024. This could be accompanied or preceded by a falling dollar from today's extreme heights. While none of this would be particularly inspiring for American households or businesses, it could amount to a very good environment for financial assets, which thrived in the slow growth, low inflation, low interest rate world, which prevailed in the decade before the pandemic. Well, that's it for this week. Please tune in again next week. And if you have any questions in the meantime, please reach out to your J.P. Morgan representative. This content is intended for information only based on assumptions in current market conditions and are subject to change. No warranty of accuracy is given. This content does not contain sufficient information to support investment decisions. It is not to be construed as research, legal, regulatory, tax, accounting, or investment advice. Investments involve risks. Investors should seek professional advice or make an independent evaluation before investing. The value of investments and the income from them may fluctuate, including loss of capital. Past performance and yield are not indicative of current or future results. Forecasts and estimates may or may not come to pass. J.P. Morgan Asset Management is the asset management business of J.P. Morgan Chase & Company and its affiliates worldwide.